Welcome to a new live podcast. Today is a good day. Today is a very, very good day. Give God thanks, man. My name is Brother John Paul, and you guys are listening to a new life podcast. This is episode four of series two. Um, we had a bit of a gap between the other podcasts, but obviously we had things to do. We had the new year and all of that good stuff. But now I am back. I'm ready to go, ready to give you guys some good conversations with some great people from around the UPC. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to tell you guys about it. It is simply a chat that I want to have with people from around the UPC, United Pentecostal and GBI organization, where they give us their testimony because I believe that we can be edified by the word of another person's testimony. It helps us, it helps us grow. And if we're ever feeling down, hearing what someone else has gone through, it is a way of us um, feeling that there's hope for us as well. I have got a great um, gentleman that I'm gonna be speaking to shortly. He is the pastor of the Oxford Church. He's also the newly appointed district, central district men's leader. And he's also one of my teachers in uh, NBC Bible School. I've been looking forward to talking to him for a very long time. I've been dropping hints in various different um, lessons and stuff saying, I want to talk to you on my podcast. And he's graciously given me some time to do so. I would now like to introduce you to Pastor Julian O'Doyley. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, thank you for having me on, Brother John. It's Not a pleasure. A looking forward to what we're going to unpack today yes uh, yeah so have you yeah, have you ever done go. one of these chats before no okay. no <laughs> it's not something that i would yeah necessarily be comfortable with you know you know someone's talking about themselves yeah but um yeah i, I just you know i'm happy to help out and thank you share. thank you because when i did first ask you um to come on i, I did sort of think I don't know if he's that much of a chatter like me. I don't know if he is, you know. But when we're at conference, we do sometimes get into little conversations, but publicly forums, I don't think you're normally used to it. But I promise this is very informal, very relaxed, nothing to worry about, man. <laughs> yeah, no problem, no problem. Okay, so first of all, um, I want to first find out about how you got into church. What is the, the main bit that grabbed you and said, I need to be saved. What 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 happened? Yeah, so I um my my parents um are were in church. They were actually part of the Calvary Temple Church in London. Yeah. And uh back in the 70s, we're going back now. <laughs> back in the time of the 70s, they uh there was a work started in Milton Keynes from the the saints in in Calvary Temple, which is South London. Camberwell. Um, my parents were amongst those that went up to support that new work. They they moved to Milton Keynes. Um, so I was born in Milton Keynes and I was raised in that church, Faith Tabernacle um, in Milton Keynes under Pastor Carnegie Senior. Wow. I was dedicated, uh, christened or dedicated as a child. So that's how I got into church. Um, then, as you're growing up, they uh, we, they were talk, starting to talk about baptism, started to talk about the end times, 
I was uh, coming into my teens, 13, 14 years old. I, I, I heard that message and um, I don't know, it's just a time in my life where I really felt the call of God. I was at church in a service and really felt the touch of God and I was crying and didn't really understand what was going on. Um, I asked my dad if I could be baptized and he kind of ignored me. <laughs> didn't really say yes and then um, a, a while later um, I asked him again and I remember uh, having breakfast we have breakfast as a family um, and he says why why do you want to get baptized and I just broke down I broke down in tears in my in my breakfast and I I, <laughs> I just I just I was I knew I had to be baptized I knew I had to give my life to Jesus um, and then, yeah, I went ahead and got baptised in 1998. So, late 90s now. How, how old were you, sorry? At 13? 14 at that point. 14. Okay. So, at, at those ages, you obviously, you weren't really in the world as such because of your parents. You, you had that voice of, of God from early. So, you, the, the, so the law of, the, of what the others were doing wasn't as strong. Or was it? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I was at school. I had friends from school. I played, I played football. And I think I, I might have been playing basketball by that point. I can't really, really... I think I was playing basketball by that point. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends were in church because Milton Keynes was a large church, very large Sunday school, you know, like tens. I don't know if, you know, at least 50. Plus. I remember the Milton Keynes Church because I yeah, used to go have... to Hove. Was it was it Hove? Where's Caster on Sea? And that's where we would yeah. we would mix with the girls and the and the boys from Milton Kings Church. I remember <laughs> it was Lifetab. We were Lifetab, and then your side. But I don't know if you if I remember you. I can't remember if we were playing basketball on the same. Court no, I, I remember. I remember you. I used to play because we had some guys from Birmingham, and I think you. You you played national league as well. I played national league for Milton Keynes. That was it. <laughs> I think I don't know what team you played for. I don't know if it's Towers or Towers, London Towers. It was Towers. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we played National League. I think you was on some advert or something. Kick. I was. I was. Yeah. yeah there yeah. we go. There we See, go. so it was it was me and my brother James. So he, yeah, James yeah. Went, James went on to play for England. I was never mm. that good. I got to probably on the the B or the C England squad, but for London Towers, we we were doing quite good. But and then is it OC? I remember playing OC as well. He would be playing a few times, but but OC, he was playing basketball then. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't around at that point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a good a good few years. I didn't go to conference at all. Yeah, that's um, me as well. That's me as well. Yeah, we all. It's only recently I've started to go back. So yeah. Okay. So at fourteen, you give you. That's when you said I'm giving my life to God. And mm. is that when you got the Holy Ghost, or was it a few years after that, or? Um, it was around that time. I can't really exactly remember, but I remember at at the time in church, there was a lot of people being filled, yeah. a lot of people being baptized with the Holy Spirit, um, including the youth, a lot of in the youth. Uh, and I felt a bit left out actually, because I was obviously seeking. Yeah. Um, I was seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and uh, it, I mean, <laughs> even in one service, I remember you know praying, and you know the person to my right was being filled and the person to my left was being, it was like a wave, a wave that missed me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, was a, 
Yeah, yeah. So it, it took me, it took me a while. It took me a while. Um, my church was predominantly Jamaican, and um, the worship's very expressive. And some people, when they were touched by the Spirit of God, used to fall down, and they. they uh, it, it used to be something that I was concerned about. I was concerned about that happening to me. Yeah. Um, but I got so desperate. Yeah. I got so yeah. desperate to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, um, that I was like, God, I, okay, I, I don't worry. I'm not worrying about that. I, I just want, I just want you, I just want you to fill me. So um, I got to the place. I was at a youth conference. Uh, my brother was helping me pray. Thank God for him. <laughs> Thank God for him. And I, I, I was just lifting up my arms and I was getting tired and, um, I just stopped caring about what it would look like, what it would sound like. I just wanted God. And then um, there were these words in my mouth, but I was overriding them with English. So the word, the first part of the sentence would start off in a language I didn't understand, and the last part would be English. And the brother that was praying with me said, look, the words are in your mouth. You need to speak. You need to believe that God has given those words and speak them. Um, so I did, I, I spoke maybe one or two syllables. And then there was, after that, God did the rest. It just, I felt that a very a strong force in my stomach, yes. squeezing tightly. Yes. And whatever was coming out of me and coming out of my, I don't know, chest and throat, it was causing me to speak another language. And I was speaking full sentences in a language I didn't understand but I felt an overwhelming sense of love and peace. And I felt like I didn't know what I was saying, but I understood that I was expressing love for God. Um, I didn't, so I don't know what I was saying, but I, I understood what I was, it's, it's strange, a strange experience. It's amazing. Um, it's an amazing experience. And you feel like yeah. you just feel so light afterwards. You feel like mm. it's still so complete. You feel so yeah. complete. Yeah. Refreshed. And um yeah, it's a powerful experience, you know. It's a, in Bible school, we call it a crisis mm. experience because a crisis experience is something that you go into and you come out differently. It's not a passive experience. It's a thing that actually makes an impact in your life. You know whether you've been filled or not. It's not like some would describe it as a prayer or uh, just a general feeling. But it was it was a, it was an impactful feeling, and actually, um, God has helped me over the years to understand that experience biblically, to be able to teach and to be able to share with others. Um, so, for example, um, I going through a rough patch. I'm beginning to question maybe this experience after I've gone through it, and um, many years later. Many years later, um, I read the scripture, uh, John 7, 37 to 39. Jesus says, uh, whoever is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He that believes in me, as the scripture has said, yes. out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then it says this... Um, this he spake of the spirit, which was not yet given because he was not yet glorified. So we know that he was glorified after, uh, uh, you know, but just before the day of Pentecost. Yeah. yeah. So um, 
So when it says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, I was like, I remember that. I remember my stomach squeezing so hard. Yeah. And I remember being able to speak this other language as what was happening gave me the ability to, which is the exact language of Acts 2.4. They all spoke, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with the tongues um, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So yeah, and it's a, it's, a, it's a great testimony to talk to people of other denominations as well. Yeah. Uh, just to say that my experience matches the scripture. It's not an experience in addition to scripture. It matches the scripture. It matches the scriptures. Yeah. That's that's good. That's good. One of um, the topics that I could veer off onto is that in a lot of churches, they are now starting to say that the importance of speaking in tongues in this day and age isn't as important anymore. Um some people are saying you do it once and you don't need to do it anymore. Mm. That, that squeezing of the belly situation, that doesn't happen every time you speak in tongues now. Oh yeah. Not, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. You're right. That didn't, doesn't happen every time I speak in tongues. Yeah. And then you go into the next stage of the scriptures that say when someone speaks in tongues and there's no interpretation that there shouldn't be, you shouldn't be speaking in tongues if there's no second person to do it. So if you're doing it, you should mm. be doing it by yourself because you're supposed to know what you're saying or have someone interpret it. But I don't want to go into that conversation just yet because I still want to talk about what happened next after you were filled and how yeah. you grew into what you are right now. <laughs> into what, what I am right now, goodness. <laughs> yeah, because so, obviously um... the, 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 the getting saved is the first part. But it's the stay and save that we need to really focus on. Because there's a lot of people who can have that experience, but then fall away still. Yeah. So, so I'm just trying to hear what your tactics were. <laughs> the, the, the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. It's the nine, it, it's, the, it's the love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, temperance, yeah. meekness, yeah. faithfulness. Yeah. That, that, that is the evidence that you've been filled. But the, the initial evidence, the initial sign, I should say, yeah. that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues. Um, yeah. Jesus said, the wind blows where it wants to, and you don't know where it's come from, and you don't know where it's going. Yeah. But you hear the sound. And then it says, it's the same with everybody that's born of the Spirit. And that's um, John 3, 8. So everyone that's born of the Spirit, there is a sound. Yes. In fact, the, the, the word, the Greek word there is phone, which is actually... You know, when you get telephone, yes, the word voice. I just know so, that when you're born, you get smacked because the baby has to make go. a noise, and this is they our new to make birth. a noise, yeah. So we yeah. gotta make a sound. I get that. Has to make a noise, but you know, so after after I was filled, uh, um, I went into a desert place, a dry place where I couldn't really hear from God. I felt far from God, and I should have, you know, should have known. And I wish someone had told me that this is hap this this would happen. It's and a bit like Elijah. Do you remember Elijah when he had that yeah, fire yeah. and then all of a sudden he was in depression? Yeah. That could be the similar yeah. thing as well. Uh, Moses, with the 40 years in the desert and the children of Israel, after they went through the water, they were in the, the desert. Jesus for 40 days was tempted in the desert of the devil. It's common, yeah. so common that when I'm, as a pastor now, I'm telling people this is going to happen. Yeah. And I, I, I 
envelop them in love and support, not only from me, but I get the church to do that because yeah. I'm not going to have the same thing happen to me, yes. to them that happened to me. Yeah. So I was feeling far from God and I was thinking, oh, goodness, but, um, you know, I, I just got, I was praying less and less, you know, I was, I was playing basketball, the church. I, I don't know. I, I saw things and felt things from people that I didn't necessarily like i mean it's not their fault yeah you know i was in when you're in that place you feel you feel certain things that maybe aren't the whole truth yeah um so um i fell away i fell away from church um yeah um i i guess i fell away from god as well i, I still believed in god um because when i got older and i was applying to go to university i chose to do physics and maths the reason why I chose to do that is because I wanted to learn about God from object from an objective point of view. Because maths and physics is just, you know, if God's an artist, maths and physics is his signature, isn't it? It's that's true. Got the art, and no one can tell you about physics and maths. You learn about it, you see it for yourself. There's no minister if that if that makes it or church. It's, it's yeah. just there. You can it's learn facts. the maths for yourself. Yes, it's fact. So I thought I could find God like that. Yeah. Um, but I, um, I, living with philosophers and <laughs> physics students, you know, you're thinking and you're talking and you're expressing, you're talking about truth all the time or trying to get to truth all the time. And I found, I came to the end of myself, I came to the end of my so-called intelligence and I was like, Lord, my intelligence has not brought me any closer to knowing anything. It's not giving me peace. It's not giving me joy. Um, Did you ever watch, sorry to cut you, the, the theory of everything about Stephen Hawking? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Movie. It's very similar where he got to oh, the right. end and he said, I, I can't say if there's a God or there's not a God. I've done yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah, so those people that say physics proves that there's no God, they, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> it doesn't prove anything, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not a physics expert. I've done a master's, but I'm not an expert. But yeah. like most people that say that haven't done any sort of study in, in, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. science. So I, I came to the end of myself and I said, I, I made this prayer and I sort of said, I don't know what's true, what's not true. There are scientists that don't believe in God. There's scientists that do believe in God. Like it, it just seems to be every argument you go one way can go the other. Every argument, like someone will say evolution disproved God, and then another person will say, Oh no, that shows you how God created, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like that. Yeah. So I say, God, but one thing I do know, I know that I am real and that I exist, and I know that I must have come from somewhere. I know that I must have come from you, and I believe that you came to earth. I believe that you came to earth and died. And, and what about up. that belly experience? You can't deny that. Yeah, 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 you can't deny that. But I, I was looking for something that was objective because you've got the subjective and you, you need both, you know? Mm. You know, you've got, you've got the spirit of God hovering up on the face of the waters and then you've got this word of God saying, let there be light. When you've got the objective and the subjective together, when you've got those things come together, then you get creation. Look, how do we come, overcome the devil? We overcome the devil by the, the blood of Jesus. That's yeah. objective. Yeah. Because that yeah. happened in history mm -hmm. and the word of our testimony. 
that's subjective you need both and i think sometimes in church we lean on the subjective and people say well you know other religions have similar experiences yeah yeah we need as apostolics we need both we need the, the jesus being dying and being buried and i think that's another conversation but him dying and being buried mm -hmm. and realizing again is an indis it, it cannot be disputed in history mm -hmm. it's 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 uh, and the way that paul is talking he says Christianity is true because Jesus died, was buried, and rose again in First Corinthians fifteen. Yes, that, he doesn't. He, he says that's the proof. Mm -hmm. That's what you. That's what you have as proof. So, and um, then um, I, I lived a life dedicated in repentance to God. You know, it hasn't been completely smooth sailing from my side since, but I've always had my heart pointed towards God and. You've been intentional. People. Sorry, go. You've been intentional. That's yes, yes. That's yes, I've, yes, you know, faith and loyalty are very closely related. It, it, faith is believing in, in English, I guess, but in the, in the Hebrew and the Greek, it's, it's more, it, it, it's to do with being loyal and to continuing following um, in a loyal way. So uh, th that was certainly true from that point. From that point on he blesses those of us who are faithful so it's it's yeah. that's that's what i've always seen the faithful yeah. ones and i've also seen i've never seen the righteous forsaken or the <laughs> seed begging bread that's what mm. i've always seen there's there's been struggles they've had different sicknesses and illnesses but while they're sick and they're still spewing out the bible that they've put inside of them on their death i find it amazing and i've and that's what's made me want to hold on want to yeah. I, yes I, it ain't been smooth sailing i have my battles but i'm intentional to say nah i'm holding fast to this one everybody yeah. else can go and run after whatever they're running off but i'm holding fast to this one and i'm staying in the boat i'm staying <laughs> in the boat <laughs> I, I, might, I, I might not that's i good. might not be at the front but i'm in the boat and that's yeah. all that matters to me <laughs> that's good that's good that's good Okay, so um, tell me, when did you get the call in to go into ministry? You've obviously so, had the time of repentance. You've 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 had the various things. You've come back now. When did you get into that? Because we we don't we ain't got too long. Time is running. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm a preacher. I'm long winded. <laughs> but um, let me tell you about tongues because it's it's very relevant. So okay, I I did not speak in tongues again. Yep. For another seven eight years. That the only time I ever spoke in tongues was when I was. 1450 yeah yeah okay. um so it was actually i mean it was a it was something that was unusual for amongst pentecostal circles because tongues is kind of like a thing that everyone has and you see it in every service and i was sitting there like, i just didn't have that gift um so it's different it's different is it there's a gift of tongues and then there's the initial evidence yes um and i've i've lived that it's not just this theory. People say that, don't they? And when they make, when they get into discussions or, or arguments, but I've yeah. lived that. So when people say, oh, but Paul says, do you all speak with tongues? Um, I'm like, yeah, that's me. I was able to say, yeah, I was one of the ones that I had the initial evidence, but I didn't have the continuing gift. Yeah. And actually yeah. David K. Bernard has said the same thing, actually. He, his personal experience was that. But um, I eventually did get the gift of, the tongues, um, it, um, the tongues has changed, and it's it was simple to start off with. That as my as I grew in the gift and grew in faith, it's you exercised it. 
that's how it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, but there's a there's a way of exercising, um, and 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 as I as I got the revelation of it being a, a thing that's important, I began to speak in tongues more and more, more you know, hour, two hour, three hour sessions. I, I mean, I've not timed it, but a long long sessions, yeah, and and regular as well. And um, but I got to a place where maybe I was doing it and. It was, it was a bit uncomfortable because I didn't know what I was saying. And um, uh, God showed me that I needed to have faith in the words that I'm speaking towards God. And that supercharged my spiritual life. I tell you, that happened, what, six, seven years ago? Supercharged, like transformed. And it, it, you, you're seeing the years, aren't you? You're seeing that it was 98 when I was filled and baptized, I think. I think I was filled a bit later. Yeah. But it's only in the last few years that I've been speaking in tongues deliberately mm-hmm. and with faith. And I've grown and grown. I've got God is giving me visions, showing me things like I've I've had whole conversations with people. I've seen it in a vision. And then I'm thinking, OK, this is just a dream or something. Next day, the person starts to say the things that they said in the vision. And I'm starting to respond in the way that the vision said. Wow. Yeah, and and God has like put people on that on my heart on my heart, and they're going through stuff, and God is showing me what they're going through, and I'm 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 seeing them the next day, and I'm ministering to them. So this is the power, the, the spirit of God. This is the power that we need to be a witness to to make a change because it you know the Christian walk before that is just about surviving, yeah. making yeah. it, but then after. The, after really growing, praying in the spirit, it's supercharged. And eventually, when you're going on that path, yeah, then yeah. the call to become a pastor was inevitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's a whole testimony in itself. It, it, it's it's probably as profound, yeah, as, as my for, for me, yeah, as my past testimony. Where yeah. you know, when I said that I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a choice but to be baptized. Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing when I became a pastor. It's a, it's a similar, it's as big. Well, you, well, well, just give us a little broken down bit because we still got ten. So it's like, how did what happened? <laughs> what happened? Um, um, I, I, I would want okay, so, you know. No, I, I, th- I think it's, it's probably not enough time. But I, I'll give you, yeah, I give you. <laughs> I remember there was a point when God was calling me and I knew he was calling me. Yeah. And this is it, when you were what? Married already? Or Yeah, married with kids. So this isn't uh, so for people who don't know how many kids, how many how many kids have you got? Right. Right. I got a lovely wife called Lydia. Okay. And uh, we got married. Yeah, you know, when we when we met before we met i was praying and i said lord i just want to meet a friend let me just make a friend i i, I think i had friends but for some weird reason i asked god give me a friend wow. <laughs> the next week i, I met her and it, it, there was a connection immediately was it in church um, at, a, at a conference at a conference or? at a conference yeah, yeah. Good. yeah. and uh, so we got we got married we, um we went to bible school and then we got married maybe like a year after because that's what i was going to ask did you go to bible school because that was a, another yeah thing i went to a full-time bible school that was in a Glasgow. Great yeah yeah, yeah. went okay. full-time harvest bible school but why yeah, did you yeah. go did you go with the intention to be a preacher or were you just going to just get deeper 
I, I, to get deeper, I, did, I didn't want to didn't want to be a preacher, didn't want to be a pastor, okay. um, and that was part of the issue. <laughs> God yeah. called me. Okay, um, I didn't really want to, but um, I didn't feel like I could really mm-hmm. uh, or wanted to. But yeah, I went I went to Bible study, uh, Bible school. It was a yeah. great experience. I recommend it. Yeah. I reckon I really recommend it. I'd finished my masters in in in, in math and physics. Yeah, um, I was potentially looking for jobs as a graduate, but I decided to take that year to go to Bible school. Um, fantastic experience. You know, if you're just thinking in terms of career, it gives you a lot of soft skills, mm-hmm. a lot of things. In fact, I, I ended up working for PwC, like a, a global accountancy firm. Um, and they take top graduates from various universities. And, you know, when I was in the interview, they didn't want to know about my degree. They were asking me just about Bible school. Really? No. Yeah, they were just asking me about it. So, like, I know we go to Bible school for spiritual reasons and go because you can go and you can pray, you can seek God and you can read and nothing else is going on. You don't have to fit it in. It's there. And you get to talk to people that are of the same, same motivation. Yeah. But even just from a secular point of view, it really helps with like soft skills. You get to speak to people and speak, make presentations, and you you, you become an you, you, those skills grow, mm-hmm. and so that's what they really liked when they were, when they employed me. Wow. But, um, yeah, I eventually got married. Um, we've got three kids now, but um, you know, I, I hit thirty. I'm thirty eight now. I hit thirty, yeah. and I was just like, you know, this is the age Jesus was when he started his ministry, and you know what, what's going on and um you know I'm, I'm praying more now i'm i'm speaking and the thing with the, the with the speaking in tongues and um and we came to a place where you know the church in oxford hadn't had a pastor for a long time for like 15 years plus and um that seemed to be the way forward and we had a we had a a meeting as a church we all met together and say look what should we do how should we evangelize more what should we do going forward and i said you know what i think we need a leader we need a pastor because we're, we're all sort of doing on our own thing but we need someone to we need a pastor i mean biblically we need a pastor and i've experienced not having a pastor for so long Sorry. was there a tall light-skinned man who used to be the pastor at oxford no american no, no. There wasn't everyone. Okay, must have met, no, no, met no. somebody down there before. Who... There's another church in Oxford there. Okay, okay. But um, so um, you know, I had experienced not having a pastor for several years. So wow, I, I knew from experience as well as well as the word, you know, that there should be one. And then we we had a meeting as a church, and we agreed. And you know, when you agree something as a church, that's a powerful thing. We agreed that we were all going to pray and that God was going to show us who's going to be the pastor. So, and we scheduled a meeting for the next week. And um, I was praying, um, thinking, okay, so God, you're going to show me. You're going to show me who it's going to be, whoever this person is. And God says, I want you to be overseer. I want you to be overseer. Not audible, but clearly, clearly for me to understand. I was like, (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I, I, I no. That sounds bad, but I was like, no. I said, 
I said, I'm not sure that they would want me. I was one of the youngest ones there. Um, they hadn't had a pastor. They were used to doing things the way they wanted to do things. They, we had several people come forward in the past that they, when they went forward, they got voted down big way, in a big way. Wow. I was wow. like, no. Don't want that said, to be me. It's not just that. Just that, that it's just, you don't want to lead people that don't really want to be led. It's true. It's true. Right. So they, um, so, so, so I, was, I said, Lord, please show me that they've changed. Please let them say this and let them say this. Yeah. In the next meeting, yeah, they were saying, okay, so did anyone receive the call? And I'm just sitting there like this, just not saying a word. Yeah. And then they started to say, well, you know, I think it's time for us to have a pastor. Uh, um, you know, we've changed. We've, we, we want this to be, we, we, we want this to be the case. And all the words I was saying, saying to God, to, I want to hear them say, they were saying it. Wow. Confirmation. They were saying it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I ended up getting wound up and I kind of lost my rag in the meeting. I said, you don't, you don't want a pastor. And I got really upset. I mean, this was me fighting against the call. Yeah. It wasn't a good attitude I had. And I went back home and I prayed. I said, um, Lord, I know you, they said everything, but still I, I can't. So this is why this, this story is a long story. So I, this is like, <laughs> it's, this is like Gideon when Gideon had to have the fleeces out and he had to do the tests. Is that what you did as well? Any it was more like it was more like Moses. Oh, or Jonah. Was it like Jonah? Moses said because he, he said that these people they 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 won't want to they won't yeah. want to be led by me. Why would yeah. they listen to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and actually that's that comes part of the testimony because later on I was listening to the I was watching the Prince of Egypt. Okay. With with my headphones and and then Moses says I can't do it. They won't want to be led. And then he said all the words that yeah. I was saying a few weeks ago when I was talking to God. I stopped hoovering and I broke down crying because it was the same words. Yeah. Same words. Because wow. God was angry with Moses, right? Yes. <laughs> so you couldn't you couldn't fight it now. Yeah. It was a very emotional, very powerful, very emotional experience. How did the wife take it? Because that's always a crucial point as well. Um so I, I knew, I knew that was one of the obstacles. One of the obstacles is that I, I knew God had called me, not but never to be pastor, maybe mm. evangelist, or but never to be a, a pastor. Mm. So, um, but so when my wife Lydia, before we got married, I said, "Look, you know, marriage wasn't like part of the plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just going to try and be single, but we'd come together." So being married would have been in the context of there's a call on, on my life. Um, so she, she was ready. She was ready for that call more than I was actually. That's good. Cause it's, this it's an impact on the whole household. Yeah, yeah, it is. And she's really stepped up. She's rich. And what's been the hardest things being a young family in a ministerial role? The hardest thing. Mm. Um, time, probably time. Time, you know, having to juggle all these responsibilities. I need to be a good husband. I need to be a good hu uh, father yeah. to my kids. You know, I don't want them to grow up and not know God, not be in church. Um, 
So that's difficult. But God, God has helped me. He give me a lot of grace. I think the refreshing, the rest, the Sabbath that comes from walking in the spirit and, and praying in the spirit. You feel tired. You speak in tongues an hour. Goodness. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's a, it's a powerful thing. It makes a, a weak man strong mm-hmm. because God gives you his strength. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the things um, that I was, I think I've spoken to Bishop on this topic. I spoke to Pastor Austin on this topic. How is it when you're a pastor and then you're also a leader in your home, how do you prioritize the hours and the time because you're you're always on call you're like a doctor who's always on call someone can call you late at night and you need to get out and probably go see them in your t- and that i it's always i i feel for the pastors because i'm just like they're it's they when do they get that rest but you're saying you have that rest and that's that's good that is good, spirit, but some yeah, people yeah. don't always have it when their church is is big when their church is big and they're being pulled from left pillar to post but then sometimes it's we know that God won't give that you more than you can bear. And he does always make a way of escape. He always sees that, gives you that lamb in the thicket, so it were. He helps you build a team and all of those kind of stuff. Do you do you have a good team right now? Um, well, as you said, I mean, the church is not large. It's, um, yeah. I don't know, 20, between 20 and 30 people. Okay. But when, when you have, when you're the only pastor, then... Yeah. that can be as difficult as more because then you would have more ministers below you. So yeah, you, you grow in line with um, your capacity to, to, to minister. Yeah. I think with my family, they are part of the ministry. They're, they're, they are helping me and I'm helping them, you know, my wife and I'm supporting her um, as, as much as she is supporting me as well. So um, that helps. Yeah. That that really does help, um, but I, I think I think I really do think the biggest thing is being able to pray for that extended time. And I tell you what, because after you pray, then everything works a lot quicker and a lot better as well. Yeah. So yeah. you're not going down as many blind alleys. Yeah. I definitely yeah. go down, you know, the wrong turn sometimes, but I don't think I go down as many as I would. Mm-hmm. So, it's. I think it's also good that you both met at Bible school because it seems like you were well, both. You were both. We met read. before Bible school. Okay, okay, but she we went. Met, she went though. Yeah, so it's like you both were bred for it. <laughs> yeah, we both went at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's beautiful, man. Mm. Okay, so you're now pastoring. Um, you're now also teaching me and others in 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 bible school yeah. i believe that you're one of the most passionate teachers i don't oh, know yeah. if i should be saying this on here but it's what i like i like those kind of ones who make oh, it come alive more so than it just being words um it, it's it's good it's very good wow. we're, going through, we're going through the, the the prophets at the moment aren't we so yeah, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't know whether I was more or less passionate, man. So that's that's interesting feedback. I don't know how to take that. I don't know how to take that as a <laughs> as a positive. Maybe maybe it's a bit too too much. Maybe I need to calm down a bit. No, maybe I no. Do. <laughs> you make it come alive, man. You make us definitely take note and sit up when you're sitting because because we're, we're doing online. If people don't know, you went to full time, but I'm doing it online because my life's too hectic or whatever. 
and mm. sitting for nearly seven hours, you've got to have somebody who wakes you up in the morning. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I see. no, I see. I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming. Yeah, I mean, major and minor profits. Again, that's not a subject I would te- choose to teach because it's, you know, you want to be teaching about the gospels or the oneness of God or, you know, or, or maybe even science or, or, or the end times. But um, th- that, that landed at me and I said, yes. And um, I felt it was, it was, it was of God because that was the area of the Bible, which I needed to study the most, like learn, like catch up on as it yeah. were. Yeah. It's really helped me. Yeah. That's why I, 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 I'm glad I'm doing it because it forces me to study even though I, I go to Wednesday Bible class and in, in there on Sunday, just the Bible school forces me to study in depth. And that's, that's what we have to do. We have to study to show ourselves approved unto Mm. God, but it's also just to let it sit in us and marinate in us that little bit better. And when you're writing about something, it just gets it even in, in, inbred in you more. So it's, it's always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Right. I still think we've got another conversation for part two. <laughs> so <laughs> at a later stage, I will definitely ask you to uh, catch up with me again, because I still think there's some other topics that we can we can touch on. Um, but yeah, but you're now the Central District Men's Leader. So yeah, I know that you've got some ideas and some, some things that, that we're going to be definitely supporting you with. So feel yeah. free to talk to me about any of that and, and wh- whatever else. And then um, I'll just keep praying for you because because it's a it's a hard job leading men. I will say so um, from experience, just in a setting in my work, having men and getting them engaged and keeping them positive. But then even in church, it's even harder as well because it's their souls that you're trying to build and strengthen and all that. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I do when I keep praying for you for that one but yeah is there anything else you want to say before we close yeah yeah just with regards to the men um yeah god god is helping me he's giving me direction you know we the men especially young men late teens early 20s that's when we need to catch them that that is when when we need to give give them the tools in their hands teach them the lessons i think of myself i think okay me minus 20 years, where was I? Mm-hmm. And I would have appreciated someone in, in my position, if that makes sense, yeah. in, in the future, to have took me to one side and given me some advice. Like the thing about tongues. Yeah. Had I, did, had I knew that m- more than six years ago, yeah. m- maybe, maybe I'd be in a d- different place. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, know, I know, you know, it's the... But do you think it's too... It's two stages though, because it's like an 18-year-old probably isn't gonna be needing the same um water as a someone in my age range, 38 like you, because we've got family, we've got wives, we've got other things. So there's there's two stages of that men's situation. I know what you're saying about the Sunday school and the the quizzes and that they don't need that bit, but then there's a 20 to probably 25, that's 18 to 30. Would you call it that then? That could be another, that's the men's group there. Or you're saying they still could be in the 38 one? Well, you know, looking at the disciples, yeah. you know, Jesus yeah. was 30. That was the age that you became a rabbi. 
Yeah, that's yeah, the age yeah. that you could you couldn't become a rabbi before that. Yeah. Um. So there is some theories which say that most, if not all, of the disciples were young. Mm, true. They were young. In fact, one of the clues is when Jesus was paying tax, and um, there was a coin in a fish's mouth. Mm-hmm. He had to pay tax for Jesus and for Peter. Okay. That shows that maybe they were only they were the only ones at the age oh, to pay tax. Yeah. yeah. So these are young men full of energy. And if we if you if men have a lot of energy and then it needs to be directed towards them becoming men. Yeah. Uh, I mean mature men. Okay. And the older men need to help the younger men do that. So that is that's that's the there's going to be something for the older men, something for the younger men, but there's going to be, uh, uh, yeah, there needs to be, because men learn how to be men from other men. Women, they, they mature in a vacuum, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an expert. They seem to just become mature by themselves, whereas yeah. men, they need a dad or a father-like figure or a mentor or someone that's ahead of them. That's true. Because it takes too long for us to figure out how to be men. It's true. It's true. Okay. Nah, that's 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 some real food for thought because mm. um the, the reason why this world is so mash up is because a lot of the dads are being taken out of the home and Strategic. these boys are being just left to try figure it out or trying yeah. to just learn from learn off their mum and and that ain't cutting it. That ain't cutting it no. at all. No. So deary me. Anyway, brother, thank you very much for our little talk. This has been mm. a new life podcast with a uh, pastor Julian O'Doyley. And um, we're definitely going to have to have a part two because I still think there's lots to be had and spoken about, but God bless you, brother. And um, we shall definitely catch up at one of the conferences soon. Now that they've opened up and let us in. Out of <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Please. So, but yeah, man, God bless you, brother. Take care.